You're listening to the Made in the AM podcast with Tilly and Sophia. Oh, what you do that for? I like girls who eat carrot. I work in a bakery. Harry, Harry, give me some of your gravy. I have a strange fear of spoons. Shit, I've got chlamydia. What's up, I'm really sorry I was having a wee. Hello, Hello, everybody. Good afternoon and welcome to the second episode of the Made in the AM podcast. A podcast by Directioners for Directioners. I'm Tilly. And I'm Sophia. And we will be bringing you all the latest news, conspiracy theories, and gossip about all things One Direction. So Tilly, please, I would love you to enlighten me. So, it's been a bit of a big week. Um, We've had quite a packed week with this, like, with uh, One Direction updates as we draw closer and closer to the big July 23rd. Yeah, it's only 10 days, 11, 11 days. days. It's July 12th, yeah. Yeah. So it's coming closer. Um, today we'll be talking about um, kind of the modest management um, area of One Direction, the dark side, if you will. The dark side of One yeah. Direction and how they were, well, borderline abused. Yeah, we'll say that. It's been a very sad week <laughs> for why, Nile Girls. <laughs> why, why is it sad, Tilly? There has been... Rumours, we'll say. Still rumours because Niall hasn't confirmed anything himself yet. But apparently Niall has a girlfriend and they've been seeing each other for two months. Really? Mrs. Amelia Woolley. Woolley? Woolley. I'd say it's Woolley, not Woolley. Okay. Um, So they were kind of seen at this 4th of July party getting quite cosy. Was it in London? Yeah. For the July party in London. Yeah. yeah. Right. Makes sense. And I've got some information about her here. Apparently she is, she lives in Kensington after moving to London for her job, Lovely. which is a professional shoe buyer. Right. So <laughs> I don't really know what. Imagine making a living buying shoes. Buying shoes. Yeah. Um, She's living the dream. She's dating. I think she like works. Yeah, I don't really know what a shoe buyer does, but anyway, apparently she's 23, um, and that's about all we know yet. Interesting. There's just been some Instagram kind of stories of them together. Mm, Circulating around. Yeah, and cuddling up together. Yeah. Another thing in the news was (laughs) Harry... Did a little bedtime story for everyone for <laughs> with calm. calm. Yeah, I haven't actually heard it yet. I haven't listened to it in full, but I have because I'm like, ASMR is not my favorite kind of thing. But also, Harry Styles is just like has a very. I find it really creepy. Yeah, like I do understand how it relaxes you and sends you to sleep, but like some... Harry Styles in my ear whispering, <laughs> oh, I can't. I feel like there's like some that are okay, but then there's people who do the things where it's like they like. Yeah, like yeah, tap on stuff, and then it's like the whispering. It's uh, that makes yeah, me uncomfortable. No. Whereas with this one, I think it's just like Harry just talking to you. Like I kind of, I kind of skimmed through it, and it was a very somber, like soft voice. I'm Harry, am I gonna listen to? Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, and it's just him kind of. Do you have it? Yeah, I'll get it up. It's like him basically talking through, like. Just whatever. I think it's a story, like an actual story about the same person who wrote... Oh, I forgot what the actual author... Ah, oh, here it is. The author is Steve Cleverly, who's right. written some other books as well. So basically, if I may... And when you're ready... Oh my God. 
honest he's giving me harry from after vibes like yeah, the yeah. movie when he's like you know i, I feel like it could harden. be like, like in the trailer like, yeah where he's just like way. he's like what are you dreaming about and shit like that <laughs> like that really intense british accent that's just right in your ear it's so it's kind of obnoxious i mean good on him i think that this is a definite plus for calm because this oh is my advertising god it's to the, the best tease. like marketing scheme oh yeah 100 percent. every girl dreams of having harry styles just talk them to sleep so yeah but you ima- uh, yeah i don't know i might listen to it if i really am struggling one night to sleep, but <laughs> i don't think it'll i don't me- think i could do it no i feel like it would make me even more awake just aware of the fact that yeah. it's just like <laughs> in your ear in my ear yeah Today, Louis came out and said that he was leaving Psycho. He has cut ties officially with Psycho, owned by dearly beloved Simon Cowell. He said in on Twitter this morning, he said, Hope everyone's doing okay. Just wanted to let you know that Psycho Music and I have agreed to part ways. I'm really excited for the future and we'll be back in the studio writing the next album. Can't wait to finally see you all on tour. Stay safe and see you soon. Louis X. Well then. So that's pretty, pretty that's a big thing. And speaking of Louis leaving Psycho, today's episode is all going to be about One Direction's management throughout the years and how that kind of progressed and how they were kind of controlled through the entire thing. Manipulated, controlled, overworked, you name it, you know. Before we jump into that, I want to just preface this. I know that management, the big chunk of controlling things we all think of larry yeah of, yeah we're not gonna we're, touch we're not gonna on touch larry. on larry larry's gonna be its own kind of topic because i feel like that's just kind of poking at a like a big 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 thing whereas this alone is just already a yeah. loaded topic as it is you know it's really funny thinking about it because like back in the day when we would follow one direction stuff and how they would be on like on stage off stage interacting with each other you thought it was just like natural chemistry and i feel like that was like they were genuinely good mates and they all like looked out for one another but the way that their roles kind of poked through and how we really adapted to zane the bad boy louis the the sassy one harry the womanizer and niall the goofy one and Liam the daddy it's like yeah they really had their spot they had their spot and we kind of just fed into it like we didn't really question it or anything like that but looking back now as I think most people have as they've gotten older in the fandom they've realized holy shit that's actually really messed up how this whole thing was basically premeditated for them and they were told that this is what they have to adapt to and we just accepted it as their natural personalities yeah it was a lot and from day one day one I am a hundred percent sure that Simon went into the X Factor looking for yeah. five guys and also five girls to then put into a band and kind of just make them the next big Oh, easily. Thing. He, I don't think it was it's it's shown as a spare of the moment. No, it oh, wasn't oh I've got this I've got amazing this, idea, yeah, yeah. This idea. No, he's been he was it was always thinking about that for probably a year. Yeah. And was like Right, this is what's going to happen. This is what I'm going to do. 
I need five boys that can kind of sing that are attractive. Let's put them in a. We band. need a big. Let's we haven't go. had a big boy band in a while. Yeah. Like it's like this is the return. It's a real formula. Yeah. Well, the X Factor from the get go has always been like a rigged system. <clears throat> like it's never simple. Oh, they come on stage, they audition, they it's it's face value. The audience loves it or hates it, and then they progress <laughs> naturally, and it's all audience based and shit. It's never no, been like that. No. When they obviously didn't make it through the solo as solo artists, Simon obviously had sort of an opportunity, seized it collated them together which is not a bad thing but i think from when it was like the finals and like they were getting so much hype so much like recognition and so much attention from especially a female-based audience simon was like okay i've decided it's gonna happen i need to sign these boys yeah he was sitting in his chair rubbing his yeah just like i'm ready for money, this. money 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 <laughs> literally that's what they were seen as they were seen as money making opportunity as a money making opportunity and it's just like it's messed up how he didn't actually see them as what they were, which was 16 slash 16 to 18 year yeah, old. They kids. were so young. They were so young. And obviously, obviously when you put yourself in this position where it's like, okay, you're not going to make it together as solo artists, but we put you in this band and we're going to present to you a five year contract, which means you're going to be recording five albums, touring the world, making millions and millions of dollars and having a shit ton of screaming fans at 16 years old, when you don't know any better, don't know anything about the industry, don't read the yeah. fine print, obviously you're going to take into it. It's like a multi-million dollar contract. It's like, Simon oh, Cowell. You're obviously going to sign. Exactly. Like, there's no There's no doubts about it. it, exactly. Even though, like, as Zayn claims, he was never into being a, in a boy band or in a band mm. or whatever. Obviously, when you are presented with an opportunity to be somewhat in the industry, yeah. even, if, even if it means staying in the <clears> band... <throat> Obviously, you'll take, you'll seize at it. And it's just the way that it was all like very structured and closely monitored is where it was really, really messed up. Like the whole initial origin story of, oh, they came, they came third, but they were like the most audience favored. And then they were just magically presented with this contract because soon after the X Factor ended, they were already recording like What Makes You Beautiful. Oh, and, yeah. And like already pre- um, prepping their first album and getting signed already. It was like a very instantaneous. Well, there's pre- that um, footage of, I think, Louis, Harry, and Zayn. And Zayn starts singing What Makes You Beautiful. This is like back in the X Factor, they were meeting yeah. the fans like outside. Yeah. And Zayn starts singing What Makes You Beautiful. And Louis just goes, Zayn, no. <laughs> and it's just like, yeah. It's from the start. It's like, from the start. Yeah. That was the... So it was clearly obvious that... I don't think that, like... I don't think that One Direction from, like, prior to X Factor was, like, a, a ploy or, like, a planned thing. But I genuinely think that, like you said, Simon having this idea of we need something big. We need to make a big band or boy band or something to get this, like, demographic <laughs> so we can rope them back in and make a, a bunch of sales. He saw the opportunity in Harry, Niall, Louis, Liam and Zayn and was like... Let's do it. Let's just do it. Just a side note. Have you seen the things that suggest that Louis and Harry actually knew, knew each, each other? other? I don't understand. I really could not say. I don't know the geography of like England in general. So I don't know how far away um, Hope Chapel is from like Doncaster and how the likelihood of them knowing each other prior would have been a big thing. I'm not sure. Yeah, I don't know. But I saw this thing on TikTok the other day that showed Louis and Harry, like a photo of them, mm. and it was timestamped. Was it 2000, 2009. the two thousand and nine? I saw that yeah. too. But again, as with most Larry content, it's about the quality of a of a pixel. Yeah, half a pixel at best. Yeah. So it's really hard to kind of verify everything and kind of see it as it is. But look, it could be a thing. If if it was, if it wasn't, then they could have met each other in passing or yeah. something. I'm not sure. Who anything's, knows? Anything's possible. But. 
the big the big thing with this whole like premeditated thing was that obviously you want to make a boy band marketable and you want to make them relatable and appealing to teenage girls and the way that they've that obviously Simon and Modest Management approached that was okay we need to make these boys a squeaky clean image that makes them look that makes teenage girls absolutely froth over them because it's all about branding. It's all about branding. Like they are media trained from the get go. They yeah. they know how to answer questions. They have pre requested like don't ask this, don't ask that, and then they have to put into this idea. It's like okay, we need to make five different boys marketable. So how do we do that? So let's give them roles. Let's give them roles it's in the band. It's very smart. Very, very, very smart, smart. But it's not fair because no. obviously these boys had to go against what their natural instincts were. For example. Zane has stated how he felt very constrained by his role of being the mysterious bad boy yeah. because he had to be very quiet spoken and very like introverted and stuff like that. When in reality, he actually was shown to be a very like happy go lucky, like really chatty guy who actually really enjoyed being his natural self. Same with like Harry, who was a really respectable, like sweet, caring guy, pushed him into the womanizer yeah. thing. The womanizer thing. Can we talk about that for a sec? It's, it's a he lot. He was 16 years old. And they're pushing him on Caroline Caroline Flack. Flack, who was 32 at the time. And instead of coming up to Caroline, God rest her soul. That, oh, yeah, I forgot about that. <laughs> instead of coming up to Caroline and realizing, hey, that's a bit predatory because she's 32 and he is a minor. They're like, ooh, Harry the womanizer. Harry yeah, likes literally. older women. Harry loves... There's like an X Factor extras bit where they mm. got a group of girls to basically line up and speed date Harry. Yeah. I remember, and he was like looking so embarrassed and so like overwhelmed Awkward. by the whole... Yeah. Because he's 16. 16 year old boys don't know how to... Even just cope with that no. kind of thing. And then they just shove him into it. They're like, all right, let's just, let's just do it. Let's just do it. And same with like visual images. Like, you know, Harry, how he had like the pin tight curls and yeah. like the curly chocolate locks. Yeah. <laughs> then he's even, a, I, I'm not sure how legitimate this is, but I have heard that he's actually sourced saying that he didn't actually like styling his hair like that. Interesting. Like it was just, it was just how it was. Same with like how they styled like Niall's hair and everything like that. Like they had to keep the bleach Yeah, out. the blonde. Oh. Like- and it just damaged it to such an extreme degree because obviously they've got to keep this. They've got to just, it's, again, it comes back to demographic and keeping it like PG and making it being like, look at these boys. Wouldn't you love to date them? Aren't they great? Listen to their music. Same with Louis. Louis was meant to be like, Louis is a generally like a very sweet kind of like flamboyant, like expressive kind of guy. Yeah. And they, and the big story about that was how, Simon flew Louis out one day after he was, you know, being naturally himself, even after being like branded like the sassy kind or whatever. Yeah. And there was like a big rumor that he flew him out, made him sign a contract basically saying that he had to repress all of that and manipulate himself into being a more, not a, but like a lot toned down version yeah, of himself. Yeah. And ever since then, Louis just like hated the person that he had to become because of one direction and stuff, which is what, which makes sense with Louis leaving psycho because you can see like when they work together, it's not a chemistry kind of relationship that they have. Like they don't get along. They seem to be quite with Simon. Yeah. With Simon. Yeah. They just seem, he'd those two seem to be very like tense or at least like Louis tense around Simon. And he's just like, I I think they're all tense around Simon. Like if you look at any footage of them with Simon, like at awards or anything, they look so awkward and just like 
weird looking back at it. Yeah. They look at this guy who was not only responsible for their careers, but also for their like severe like disorders and, you know, pain that they've had to go through because of like the restrictions that they were put under. Mm. Like Zane wasn't allowed to shave. I mean, like Zane wasn't allowed to grow a beard out. Like yeah. he had to shave. He had to yeah. stay with a baby face. All of them had to keep a baby face going at the preteen, not preteen, like the prepubescent kind of yeah. age where they were like, young and childish looking and baby face looking and they had to stick with the the aesthetics of their like appearance had to stick with their roles we know that when we think back we think oh yeah louis stripes and suspenders liam plaid zane letterman jacket i think at the start it's a good idea to kind of have these defined kind of outfits and stuff so you so the audience can kind of be like Right, that's who that person yeah. is. That's the one for me, kind of thing. But, but it, then later it down, an, the yeah, it reached fact. an extreme degree where it was like they weren't allowed to correlate with each other's styles. Like yeah. Liam could not wear a Letterman jacket, or Niall was not allowed to wear stripes. Like that was just yeah. that's Louis' thing. Not to mention they didn't ever try and correlate it with their natural style or how they liked yeah, to dress no. as they were. They were like, no, Harry, you're gonna wear a blazer. Uh, L- Niall, you're gonna wear polo What's shirts. What like eighteen year old guys is out wearing, there wearing a blazer, a blazer. <laughs> with like chino, chinos or whatever yeah. they are, and like te- tennis shoes. It's Literally. like who styled them? Thinking back, obviously <laughs> it was a product of the time, but it's like if you're gonna style them, at least make them look like it's something yeah. that they would naturally wear. Like, That's why I think like once it got to like 2013, 2014, when we just had skinny jeans, skinny, like, skinny jeans, Harry in the skinny jeans and black t shirt, yeah. like yeah, that was just. It was more natural yeah. and casual. Like, I appreciate the fact that they did eventually grow out of it because they were like, okay, they're in their 20s now. I don't think a 20-year-old yeah. would wear a button-up plaid straight up to their neck. <laughs> like, that's just not how it works anymore. I just can't even but they imagine had... some guy walking along the street looking like that no, at No, especially moment. at our age, especially. Yeah. Like, that's what, no, you just would not dress like that. No. Or at least that's just not how I people I know would no. dress. But and the roles kind of simmered down as well. But at the starting point, like it was really hammered on, like Liam being the dad of the group, meaning mm. that he was thrown under the bus as the responsible for the band's antics. Mm. Liam has said in an interview that there was a point where management did take advantage of how he had this very specific role. And he's like, well, that's shit because I, I can't have any fun. I'm the killjoy of the group. I'm the person who has to keep everyone in line, even though I want to have fun as well. So there was a point where they were in a hotel and they've like trashed it because they're rock stars. Yeah. <laughs> and instead of, you know, the, bear, the, the concierge or whatever calling like management being like, you need to fix these guys up. They'd call the room directly to Liam and be like, you need to fix this. Like you yeah. need to, you need to put them in line. And it's, and it translates to them because apparently with that fan reception wasn't as high with Liam during that stage either, because he was seen as the uptight dad of the yeah. group who kind of had to no, sit everything down. I feel like, yeah, I get that. Yeah. As I said, like Matt, like Zane and Harry were the heartthrobs because they were like targeted to be like that. Yeah. And then Liam was just, oh, that's just Liam. He's the dad of the group. And it's like. Why does, like, I understand that people naturally form into roles as they progress and they get older. Like, that's just what their natural instincts is. Like, you know, you've got yeah. the mum friend who naturally likes to take care of people. But when you force someone into that role, into fame as well, when you have no prior knowledge of what their actual personality is, it's toxic because then they feel like they can't actually be themselves because it's like, well, what is he doing? That's not Liam. Like, yeah, no. And I feel like if you'd see Liam out drinking or, like, out smoking exactly. or anything, it'd be this big, big thing. Big, big But, like, thing. you'd see Harry kind of 
out. I feel at like being like with women yeah. and he's drinking. He's like, oh, he's just living the life. He's yeah. being the womanizer yeah. that he is, which is like, that's not fair. It's so not fair. And I'm glad that it did become a cringy sort of thing to be like, haha, carrots, spoons, suspenders, yeah, dad of the group. It's like, <laughs> shut up. That's so redundant and so old school. And the fact that it's like, we think of it, oh, it's just cringy. But now it's like, oh, it's got negative connotations attached to it. Like they were forced into that kind yeah. of role. We were perpetuating that kind of being like, yeah, Zane the bad boy haha Niall the goofy one and Liam the dad it's like we weren't helping we were not helping with that but to be fair that was just because that's how the market how they were marketed towards us and I feel like because it's such a young audience at the time so impressionable like it's so impressionable you just went with it Mm. It's not fair. It's yeah. 100% not fair. And it's like, it translated into like their natural day-to-day lives too, because you're like, you see in paparazzi who would like come after Harry being like, oh, Harry, how does it feel to be a sex symbol? Like yeah. women love you. And he's just like. He just he, rolls his he eyes. He rolls his eyes because he's aware of the fact that he absolutely despises the womanizer image that he got. It makes him, he said so himself. He says it makes him ridiculously uncomfortable because that's not how he wants to be perceived as because it like it negatively affects his relationships. It affects our relationship with him because we're just thinking, Oh, another woman that Harry's gotten with Yeah, like, Oh, she's just another tick off the box sort of thing. And it's like, how do we even know that? We don't know what Harry's actually like. And there've always been like in interviews where they'll push and ask being like, how many people have you slept with? How many girlfriends have you had? I just don't understand an interview. Like, I don't know. An interview shouldn't be, about their personal, personal lives. lives. No, it you're interviewing the music the band. and exactly. the band and like what they're promoting, but like about their like what they get up to and like who they're dating and stuff. It just mm. I don't understand. And it. it's like it still follows these guys to this day. Like ha- like now that Louis had to turn down his like image and stuff, he went to a more hostile like perception to the media because he's like seen to be quite a a blokey lad now. Like he he smokes, he plays soccer, football, soccer, whatever it is, yeah. and he's got kind of like the the more goes to the pub with his mates on the weekend. And it seems like he's very like careless when in reality he said so himself. He's like, I don't think that I'm that type of person. I feel like I'm much more, he's a very intelligent person and he's someone who has a lot of emotions and feelings and they're just disregarded because it's like, Oh, there's Louis again, cigarette in hand, bloody pint in the other being Louis. Ha ha. He doesn't give a shit. He's got all these tattoos. He's just gives, doesn't give a shit. And then we talk and then the big, the big one, which is like, a big, which is probably part of the reason why Zayn left as well, was how he's a big target for racism as with that. Yeah, yeah. Which is like, which is so, which is so unfair because he's pack because he was Pakistani. Yeah. And they were like <laughs> terrorist or something like that. Yeah, and the kind of link to being the mysterious one and then being like the only kind of Muslim the only color the only white person of color yeah. in the band and then that link is kind of if you think about it in that way it's a bit fucked up it's very fucked up it's perpetuating a massive stereotype about the tall like he's tall dark and handsome and it's like oh he's so mysterious what yeah. secrets does he hold and yeah. then we just got people who have straight up racist ideals and they're like Zane's just this is like this big muslim guy who like yeah. we don't he's disgusting and shit like that and it's like the fact that he was a target for all of that, you just would obviously leave, like, drive you to want to leave the band because it's oh, like, yeah. that's like when the band gets constant attention, that's going to bring attention to you. And yeah, and it's, it's, it sucks that he had to be driven to such like extreme degrees for his mental health and 
physical health as well. He said that he developed actually an eating disorder at one point. Yeah. And you can see it. You can see it in Louis as well. They just got so skinny because they were so mm. worked to the bone that they didn't have time yeah, to eat. Yeah, that's the other thing. It's just like they were so overworked. Mm. Like if you think about any artist, they don't go on tour that are like 180 shows around the world all year round and still like release an album they release an album whilst they're touring we were sitting here thinking five albums in five years makes perfect sense a year for an album perfect and then they're like on the road and it's not and to mention as well the fact that they're so overworked but have very little creative control that's really messed up the fact that you're pushing them they're like they're just the front runners they're the people who are the face of one direction they don't actually have a lot of say of what goes on within one direction which is like the really messed up part of it and you see like content on the tour bus and stuff like that where they're like recording for whilst in the crack of dawn and they're trying yeah. to get their little hours of sleep that they can salvage and it's like we just sat there and like oh they work so hard for us and it's like no that's fucked up yeah that's it's so just fucked up. not gonna be good quality yeah. stuff like yeah well i mean to be fair the albums that they did come out with yeah were pretty good they're, they're all bops they're, but they're <laughs> i wouldn't say they're any like it's on very quali- it's, on quality they're completely different to say fine line yeah no exactly those, because you can tell the time yeah. went into those the solo and like solo creative it's very one direction on brand like they yeah. never strayed away too much from the boy band kind of thing like love songs for girls very vague to mm. try and make you feel like you're the person they're seeing yeah <laughs> and it's 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 ironic to me that they think that they would work these guys to the bone and then you'd think back in the day when they would like turn off niall's microphone that yeah. was that was the big thing. i never like i don't i don't know if i believe that they would purposely turn it off like i understand that they did it a lot but like Niall I just said that can't it, yeah, well, Niall, fathom Niall, someone turning someone's Michael, microphone yeah. off. Like I and like, there's so many technical issues. Like I get that, but I don't know. I don't know how I feel about that. Well, Niall did say on Twitter, he's like, "Turning my mic off? What? No, it was technical difficulties." Ever yeah. heard of that? And I'm like, I mean, I guess it makes sense. Like, out of all these concerts you go to, obviously some things are bound to fall short. But it was always coincidentally Niall, and it was a lot, and it was a lot, yeah. and Louis had to step in and give him his microphone, yeah. and it was like the big hashtag, like let Niall sing. <laughs> I literally like went to school with. Um, what is it? L- LNS and S on my oh, like no. wrist and stuff <laughs> like that, and like a little like um infinity sign underneath. Yeah, no. Again though, like <laughs> this just kind of comes back to this idea that it's like you think that if you're going to work these guys so hard, you would give them some freedom in terms of what they can and can't do with their music. Like they mm. wouldn't even let Zayn, who had quite a big nick for like R and B kind of style of music, and he really loved like kind of experimenting with his vocals and stuff. They were like, "No, you have to be generic, clean cut pop." Like he said in an interview, he was like, "There was no room for him to be experimenting or any creativity in the band." Like it was like he would have to record like countless times over and over and over yeah. to just kind of get that like simple high note that we love about Zayn. Yeah. But it's something that he had to just keep going because he wasn't allowed to like sway a bit. And you see, like, and you can tell because in his more recent albums you see what the vocals that he really was aiming for are more like kind of r&b like hip-hop kind of vibes and he would just obviously want to try and really branch out of that whole like generic clean cut like pop style kind of shit it's not surprising that once that five-year contract ended they were out of there they're out of there. like it's it seems like oh like we love being here and like it's a big we'll be back kind of thing but they've ended a contract and they were like fuck, fuck I'm out. we're out of here we yeah. can finally do what we wanted yeah. to do 
And it make, and you think about that. It's like, imagine, I think the reason why they, they were able to stick around for so long was because of the fact that they had each other. Like you can watch compilation videos on YouTube and like concert videos and stuff. And you see how like fun, how much fun they have with each other. But it's like, if that was a solo artist, I would not be surprised if that person was trying their best to get out of it. Oh yeah. Like you can think about Britney Spears, for example, who's probably the similar situation where she has no creative control, no human rights in uh, general. Yeah. Hashtag say Britney Has or whatever. Say, yeah. Because it's just, it's so <laughs> tragic to think that because of like old school like creative control and stuff is just like left all to management and all to like people that they hire not to the artists themselves because that was just how it was back in the day it's not like now where people are a lot more involved in their processes because it's like no we have to we have to reach a certain demographic Mm. we have to reach a certain market we have to make it the same with like back in the day with the backstreet boys and instinct yeah exactly their manager was so controlling he came out that he was like a full-on con artist and stuff they got like $35 a day. Yeah. And then like at the end of their tour, they got given their paycheck and it was like $10,000. And like $10,000 is a lot, but if you're working that, that much, much and like making that much money because you're in the freaking Backstreet Boys <laughs> and it's like a multi-million dollar industry, like... Bro, billions yeah. of dollars yeah. are in that kind of yeah. thing and it's like and it's never like one direction were falling short or falling behind same with backstreet boys none of them were ever just kind of like oh they're not relevant anymore no they were so they were constantly staying within the media yeah. they were constantly on tour they were doing well for themselves obviously if they're going to be pushed to those limits they should be at least compensated for that yeah compensated you know effectively these boys like we just we normalized it because it's like that's just how boy bands are mm. that's just how it is that's just the culture with those like boy bands like they're just tightly knit and we thought that we were, they were pretty free as well in where they were because they're like oh they're not like typical boy bands who do like the really intense choreographed yeah. dances and like the kind of cheesy but like stuff. if you watch back like the whole night tour video they would like move really awkwardly yeah. to different to sections different sections of the, of the stage. stage yeah and then like it's like it's yeah. choreographed but not like dance choreographed but it's, it's like, like I, it's like they obviously were finding their bearings in the beginning yeah. and they were still very under type like monitoring i think as they got older that's when the rain started to loosen yeah. a little bit more and that's when we see like the on the road again tour or whatever they were very able to just kind of do their they own just thing for they it. would just run around do their own thing interact with the crowd yeah. have a great time back in back in like up all night take me home kind of stuff it would be like London, how are you? And yeah. then it was like, we're going to sing a next song. And then that yeah. was it. And then Liam would talk and then it'd be nice. Yeah. Talk, and then Louis would say a joke kind of thing. Yeah, it was very, it was very choreographed in a different way that we were kind of expecting. Yeah. Which is, again, not fun, not fair on them because it's, they obviously weren't able to just express themselves in the way that they naturally wanted to, which I suppose is really hard to do when you just go from like, going on the X Factor to performing in front of like hundreds of thousands of yeah. people. It's not something you just develop overnight. But they could have let them find their bearings in a way that was not as... Just a slower pace yeah, I think would exactly. have been better. And I think if they genuinely liked being in the band, they would have stuck with it. Or they would have renewed their contract yeah. and stuff. Because like if you think of like bands like say McFly, they're still together. They're still like going through like they've been together for like what like over 10 years easily. yeah like 17 years maybe yeah. they just started they've only got like what like four albums or something and it's just a slower pace yeah and they just release music when they want to and just like they're still having like things going on in their own lives like they've all got like their own families, families and exactly. everything and then Where, they'll go on tour and yeah 
but it's just like such a difference. Yeah, and it's like whereas where like Louis' big scandal where he had Bear his mm. kid, and it was like oh, he, he can't live his normal life now. He can't be in One Direction now that he's got a kid. It wasn't seen as like, oh, oh, that's so good for Louis. Like, he's having a child. Mm. Like, good on him. It's like, no, this is the end of it. This is how it is. It's like, I wonder how that reaction would have gone if it was Eleanor. If Louis had stayed with Eleanor through the entire thing mm. and then Eleanor had a kid. Mm. I, feel I like, wonder how I feel like, old... yeah, maybe that actually would Because it was kind of just like a one-night stand. It, yeah, like, and there was like a very mistake. quick fling. <laughs> <Like>, Jesus! <laughs> well, it was. Like, they weren't really I just realized they called him Bear. It. Bear is Liam's kid. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, Freddie? Freddie. Yeah. Freddie is Louis's kid. Yeah, sorry, my bad. Um, but, like... That's another fucked up thing is... Um, Liam and no, no, not Bear's Sophia anymore. No, what's her name? Bear's mum is Cheryl. Cheryl, yeah, Cheryl that's Cole, what I'm yeah. saying. Weird is no, the weird. The way I think it was weird is because they first met when he was fourteen. I know, and she was like in her twenties, thirties, or whatever, and then he was just She's like just... staring at her future baby daddy. I know it's not. Yeah, that's not right. No, but <laughs> so sure. Weird. But it's just interesting how how all of these like the tight grip that they had on them. It's like no, they don't. They don't have kids. They don't do these things. You know the big scandal like when Zayn and Louis, the video of them smoking weed oh came out, God. and we were just like, no, we can't have this happen. Like they're images are tarnished. Like bro, it's weed. Who cares? Yeah, like literally. they're free. And again, it's like it was such they're a like twenty two year old guys. Like, it was a seriously. big. It was such a big scandal. Even though that we knew that they were adults at the time and they've grown out of the whole like teenage kind of antics that they were doing when they were 16 17 it's like obviously they can make mature decisions it's just that they can't get out to the public because we have to still think that these guys are just all one direction nothing else they don't have lives outside of that because if they did then it's the end of the world yeah well i read somewhere that um liam sat down with a therapist i think after um one direction and the therapist was like, so what do you like to do? And Liam just sits there like, um, like couldn't think of an answer that's oh, not One Direction related. Yeah. So, yeah. It's really sad because obviously like in that time where you have nothing but work to turn to and he turned, he had like a big alcoholism problem mm-hmm. during the band to cope with that. Feel Like imagine being in that position where it's like you – your schedule is predetermined for you. You stick to the strict following of time constraints and you cannot have any free time to yourself. You have to keep yourself within one direction. And it's like, it's days of interviews and press and recording and touring and all this other yeah, shit. No, it's just insane how much they would fit into their schedule. Yeah. And again, and again, we were just sitting here taking it as yeah. if it was like no big deal. Because on the top of the tours, there was promo, there was like appearances, mm. there was radio inf- exactly. interviews. Exactly. Like everything. Yeah. And it's like, then they have to like stay and they have to act alive too. They have to act engaged mm-hmm. and stuff. Otherwise it's bad press if they look like they're tired or anything. And I'm surprised none of them got more sick. Like, oh yeah, they probably did, but they probably had to just go push for aside. it. They were like, didn't have time to be sick. No. It's like you have, you can, you can have symptoms and whatnot, but you cannot lay around and try and get better. No. We're going to, we're going to push you through that. Yeah. That is not how this works. Have a strepsil and have a strepsil and suck it up. Maybe. <laughs> we're, we're on in 10 minutes. <laughs> Literally. And it's it's that's so tragic. Like the fact that even the like they were saying themselves, like they didn't have time to eat. They didn't have time to do anything. And it's like we want a one direction reunion, but do we want it under the same circumstances that they were in five years ago? Yeah, no, I feel like a lot of people would agree that 
we don't want we don't want anything to do with the, Modest and Psycho yeah. to be involved in it, which I know that that's kind of not fair because they probably own the rights yeah. to One Direction. But it's like, I feel like now that they've had a taste of solo careers and how how much working they should be doing, yeah. they'll probably come in a bit more stronger being like, okay, if we're going to do this, we're going to do it our way. Yeah, and way they would have, I, I reckon if they were to re, like do a reunion, they would have all the creative control exactly. over like everything. everything. Yeah, because otherwise it's just like... They, but they're, they're like 27 boys now. Like they're full grown. They're fully grown. <laughs> adults. And they've been accustomed to the industry for a lot longer now. Yeah. And I think they've had a... They've had their like incredibly controlling, strict, manipulative, overworked schedules exhausted. And now they're like, okay, we're doing things on our own pace now. Like you see Niall, like you see them, they're not as interactive on Twitter because they don't have to be. And it's like, Niall can go on live streams on Instagram in his own time. And he's just playing the guitar, having a great time. Harry can release stuff whenever he feels like it. He has a lot of downtime as well. Zane's just like doing his own thing too. And it's like, you can see that they're obviously a lot more relaxed and a lot happier under these circumstances, which is obviously makes sense as to why they wouldn't feel like they want to just jump straight into a reunion yeah. after having all this freedom provided to them. With just the fact that we kind of assumed that this was all normal is where it kind of gets me the most yeah. is because we were, we were so blind to the reality of how bad it was for them. Like they could not do anything themselves. Like how you would see in like the way we are movie where they had to get a whole entire shopping set, like store shut yeah, down just, just for them. Oh, I can't. And you just, it just feels, it just feels so bad. And it's like, you want them to come back, but we also want them to enjoy their lives that they have. It's a compromise, you know, like, it's like we either get them as a, as like a group of four probably. Mm. And it's, yeah, I don't think so. I don't coming think so. Back at all. I feel like that's, the, I feel like that's fair. I feel like yeah. that's a fair judgment call to make. Cause you see how just he's, finally doing what he wanted to do finally making music that he wants to make and, and he's so out of the limelight like yeah just... well he's like he's in he's pregnant with perry now uh, perry Gigi. yes, yes and now they're having a kid that. and he's got other things to worry about obviously one direction is probably the least of his concerns yeah which i can understand because it's we, I, we want them to come back happy and healthy we don't want them coming back under strict circumstances where it's like no we have you have to fulfill these quotas yeah you have to do these things yeah. so yeah i'm i'm excited for that eventual occurrence to happen soon enough hopefully uh, i do hope we get something though. i'm sure we will <laughs> we're we're planning to do um a podcast episode on one day day um, the, the, the big reunion oh, day oh, i got a text yeah we're, <laughs> <laughs> we're planning to yeah do on July 23rd, we're going to do a little podcast episode. We okay. might have a few drinks, see see what comes about it. We, oh my God. we need to work out like what we're actually going to do because if they do release something or something comes out on July 23rd, it's going to be like UK, US time. Yeah. And that doesn't help us in Australia. <laughs> you have to just like pull an all-nighter for us. Yeah, literally. But, yeah. Yeah. I think we covered a lot. A well, lot it was quite, <laughs> and there's probably so much more that we're not really, yeah. we're not really aware of because you know everything's hush hush. But to be at least aware of the fact that these were certain things that we can blatantly notice and recognize and critique, it's like shit. That's probably the tip yeah, of the iceberg. Pretty, pretty fucked. Mm. Anyway, anyway. Um, thank you very much for listening. Thank we you. will be back next week, if not with. 
the special reunion episode. And hopefully it will be a big extravaganza for everyone to enjoy. Yeah. Follow us on Instagram at madeintheampod. We're also on TikTok. We're now on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. So give us a five-star review. Hit the like button, follow, (laughs) subscribe, whatever you have to do. And thank you very much for listening everyone we will see you very soon that is the end enjoy (laughs) the rest of your days